It's the time of the week again. It is the Gift of Gaming podcast. And this week, we're talking all things comfortable, the games you keep going back to. So sit down and get comfortable for this week's episode of the Gift of Gaming podcast. Okay, it's me, your host. As per usual, I'm never not here. It's uh, Darren Wade, and today I'm joined by none other than my brother, Andrew Wade. Andrew, how the hell are you? Yeah, good, Darren. Thanks for having me on again. Of course, yeah, you didn't you didn't fuck it up last time, so you're welcome. You're welcome back. There's yeah, no, no fires. pressure that I won't fuck up this time either. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're on a thin line. Watch yourself. No, no, no. You're doing great. You're doing great. And joining myself and my brother this week is Kev Purcell. Darren. Kev. Thanks so much for having me back. No, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you here. did. I'm glad you didn't lose all your voice talk and all things great about Hogwarts. I'm surprised I didn't. We did go on for, uh, for two hours. Was quite some time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a that long was, old uh, episode. I could have kept talking though for ages. In that I episode. reckon there was easily another hour in there if yeah. we kept going. Yeah. And but, Craig, uh, you know, I, I did enjoy the fact that Craig kind of stopped us. Um, you know, at one point to say, hang on, there's loads here that we haven't even discussed. And I was like, I know, and I would love to keep going, but I don't know if people <laughs> have like three and a half to four hours in them to sit down for a single podcast. Oh, we could have spit it to a two-parter, but that's a problem for future Darren to worry about. But gentlemen, how are you guys keeping? What have you been playing? Anything new? Anything different? I've be, uh, been playing a little bit of this great little co-op game uh, with me and Tyra. I've been playing called uh, Unravel 2. Very uh, nice. Yeah, have you, have you heard of this one? Yeah, 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 yeah very yeah. good it's, choice. It's a great little fun puzzle-based uh, platform. Um, it's so funny when you see like how two different people's brains work, because usually yeah. I'd only play these on my own. And uh, there'd be some times where like, I can't get past a specific puzzle, and she'll just be like instantly this is how you do that but then on the reverse every now and then i get to be the smart one which is just so so fulfilling well, and rare in my relationship i was gonna say thank god for you because last thing you want to do is get into video games and realize that you're an idiot <laughs> <laughs> what about you andrew anything di new different uh no i'm back playing generation zero again um but i mean between that and a couple of other games which i won't mention here because they're better off coming in later on the that they're on my i'm basically yeah. playing all my comfort games at the moment oh, so good prep work i like yeah, that so but uh, yeah, no. I've touched on, as people may or may not know, I'm a massive uh, Kingdom Hearts fan. Mm -hmm. And I've kind of been stuck on the Switch a lot lately. I haven't really, I'm kind of waiting for the DLC for Horizon Forbidden West comes out this week, which I'm super, super excited about. And kind of in the meantime, I haven't really found anything on the PlayStation 5. When I say I haven't found anything, there's fucking loads of stuff, yeah. stuff I could be playing. <laughs> but I'm just like, I don't have the time to start Resident Evil 4 or, you know, get into, what, what did I download? I downloaded Resident Evil 4, Days Gone. Resident Evil 7, uh, and there was one other one. Oh, Disco Elysium. Like, as in, I have a folder on my PlayStation for, like, the to-do list. To play, yeah. yeah, yeah, the yeah. to-do list. And I said, I'd, I'll download them. That might encourage me to start something else. And I'm like, I just, I'm just sitting up Stardew Valley. Or in this case, Kingdom Hearts Memory of Melodies, which is literally okay. like a, just a, a beat. You know, like, a, it's all the songs from Kingdom Hearts, and you just press buttons to the beat, to the... And, you know, it's funny, because in classic Tetsuya Nomura fashion... Um, this game is important for the story, mm -hmm. which is the dumbest <laughs> fucking thing. Here's a music game, but also pay attention because it's in part, you know, as with every Some game. Some part of this is going to be vital to the story. We yeah, won't tell you what always. it is. You have to play the entire game to find it out. Yeah, always. But it's, it's actually been incredibly uh, relaxing. It's a really nice one to kind of um, turn on before bed because the great thing about Kingdom Hearts games has always been the music. Um, I mean, you've got all your Disney, Pixar songs, You've got kind of there's no like Final Fantasy music that we mm. would would know or, or be really used to, but there's lots of kind of um, you know I would like Square Square Enix music that kind of 
So is this like guitar. a Guitar Hero kind of thing, or is this like push buttons and no? And I mean, it's music, it's or? not nearly as complicated as Guitar Hero. I think there is a. <laughs> uh, it's literally. I think there's four buttons that you can press. You have. You've got it. You're running on along a path, which but which I suppose in your Guitar Hero is like the neck of yeah. the guitar. It's that kind of thing. You're run, running along a path. And you come across um, Kingdom Hearts enemies. And depending on the world that you're doing with the music from that world, like if I was doing, let's say, the Little Mermaid or, you know, Ariel's kind of stuff under the sea as a song, I'm playing against all of the kind of the type of enemies or Heartless that would have appeared in that world. And you're just running across this thing and you either do L and OR for Donald or Goofy to hit either side of you or you press A for you in the center. And I think after that, you might press Y for this, this sort of thing. And that's kind of it. So it's not... That, but it's kind of like, I mean, it is, it's, it's tricky, but it's one of those things that's just, I just love doing it because the music is, like, it's nice. really good yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I forgot that there was a, a game for it for the 3DS, a Kingdom Hearts game for the 3DS called Dream Drop Distance, which I forgot was actually, you know, up there with some of my favorite moments from Kingdom Hearts. Again, integral to the story for some reason. <laughs> um, but uh, I really, like, really got into that game and really enjoyed it. And I was only there recently going through that section of... Because you go, th- you literally play chronologically through all the worlds mm-hmm. with all the characters. And I'm now at that dream drop distance before you get onto kind of Kingdom Hearts 3 uh, area. And uh, some of the music for the end game stuff at dream drop distance is your classical, like... Your, your, not your classical, but your classic uh, end of game JRPG really like just great stuff like yeah. choir music mm-hmm. and all that kind of so everybody gets it they're just kind of uplift you kind yeah of i'm kind of like what am i doing playing this shitty game i should just get a you know take a dream drop <laughs> distance and play the actual damn thing but no it's a really relaxing game so that's eating up my hours but come wednesday when this episode is released because we don't do it live sorry everybody um i'll have the dlc for forbidden west and that'll be me yeah that, that, that's me gone as well so yeah. i'm actually playing through again trying to just get it i'm on new game plus getting all the bits and pieces here just so i can be ready to i regret not giving myself the time to do the new game plus i started it ages ago but other things i was like i've platinum this game already and the new game plus wasn't like the there's three trophies for like playing new game plus playing mm-hmm. an ultra hard and getting all the new game plus items i think are the three trophies but they don't contribute to your platinum so mm-hmm. i was like well this is pointless why yeah, would i do why that? am i doing this yeah and um, no, i just wanted to fill it because a couple of costumes i didn't get in the main playthrough kind of stuff and a couple of different weapons and when you do new game plus you get the champion tokens which means you can get the legendary weapons and stuff as well so I yeah just, i basically just wanted all those for the main game did you I see did. the the launch trailer for the dlc i saw the original ta- trailer i don't i know there was a second one or something there's a second yeah. one that kind of introduces i guess the characters or the character that you're kind of hanging around with for this yeah, one. yeah. No, it looks great Looks. It does, uh, yeah. I mean, you can go to the main trailer. It looks look incredible. And what's interesting about this, Kev, is that it's only mm-hmm. PS5. So Forbidden West, when it came out, was PS4, PS5, you know, cross-platform or whatever. Uh, when I say cross-platform, like for, for PlayStation, yeah. you know, yeah. that side of things. Uh, but this one is only available to those with, like who have PlayStation 5. So I'm interested as to what, like what's different, what's better mm-hmm. about it. if they're Because mm-hmm. obviously if you're focusing on a, PlayStation, you know, a game that you need to re- release on PlayStation 4 as well, the PlayStation 5 version mm-hmm. probably suffers a little bit because of that because like well, we don't want to make two separate games so I'm yeah. interested that they've made this DLC purely this for the purely PS5 for the system. power of the PlayStation yeah. 5 because the game looks fucking amazing as it is anyway, anyway so yeah, I'm, I'm wondering does it get a little bit better or is it the is it the same you know but enough about that game yeah. unless, yeah. It, unless it's your comfort <laughs> game in which case welcome well, to the continue, table yeah, I've right? actually yeah. finally <laughs> taken a trip to the universe I actually only started playing Zero Dawn so it's all ahead of me Oh, you're in for a first first playthrough, like so. You're in for a great run. Yeah, I get to I I get to experience it all. How many hours in? Oh, not long. I I found I was kind of suffering from a little bit of open world fatigue after uh, all those legacies. So, like to jump straight into another one, I just uh, what I just woken up after the proving. 
So nice. I'm not, I'm not oh, yeah. far into it at all. Lots so, ahead. like, narratively, the game never blew me away, but I think if you were to ask me what game... Because, you know, you'll finish that one, hopefully, and you'll enjoy it, you'll want to play Forbidden West. But Already what have game... it downloaded. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, great. Because Forbidden West is the only game to date that I've played so far that I think has actually showcased what a PlayStation 5 is really capable Perfect. of. Yeah. For, like, a modern-day, like, fully open-world game how can it look and how can it play and i'm like well this is this if, if someone asked me I, I would associate this with the new, the next generation of, of video okay. games so yeah th for that alone it's worth playing because it's the most beautiful looking game i think i've ever yeah, played it's actually why i downloaded it was the back of this podcast it's like i need to i need to dive so today's episode is all about comfort games kind of games that we keep going back to and i'm not gonna like you know we'll kind of play a bit loose and free with this one um because when i was kind of thinking about my list i was stuck for a game that i have forever kind of gone back to i think i have kind of jumped from kind of comfort game to comfort game as i've gotten a bit older mm -hmm. so i there was never one i could pin down as my be all and end all comfort game so we'll play kind of like a bit loose and free with this it doesn't have to be overly overly difficult but uh yeah for i'm just going to like do the, the the podcast plug stuff here like the housekeeping before we get into it if we miss any games that you think are well worth being comfort games you can let us know on emails at the gift of gaming podcast at gmail.com you can keep up with us on our twitter which i don't think i've actually tweeted anything yet but like you know watch this space i say with no real belief i'm actually <laughs> going to say anything but you can follow us follow our handle at gift of gaming pod or if you like our content and you want to listen to more of it you can check out our patreon at the gift of gaming no patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming there will be an episode where i get to i was gonna you were you were so close to getting I, that. I was i was almost there almost there yeah fucked up the, the, the end. twitter one slowed you down a bit and the patreon just got you <laughs> twitter completely one always kills me but yeah so uh and and it's like that if you enjoy the podcast you would do be doing us a massive favor if you could leave a review on our spotify or apple podcast wherever you're listening to this and also like if you really enjoy it you think there's one person in your group of friends who loves video games and might like enjoy listening to this Tell them. Tell them to pop on and listen to us. Th these later episodes are probably better than the early ones because I know we're better than we were when we started. So, you know, <laughs> follow from now. <laughs> we're good now. Okay, so that's, that's the housekeeping taken care of. Let's hop into it. I'm going to kick off maybe, Kev, with you because we were mm -hmm. talking before we started the episode and you kind of said you had a, a few, like me, a few up your sleeve. So, yeah. comfort games, what are you jumping into? Yeah, I suppose there's one I'll get out of the way quick because uh, it's probably like a very much a me thing. Um, but I... I haven't given any game series more of my time and or money than FIFA. I have had every version, uh, every other year version. Mm -hmm. I, I usually let a year or two surpass, particularly when I was younger and he couldn't have the, the online versions of the game. Yeah. Because like when I was younger, like buying it every year was literally just pissing money away. Yeah. <laughs> it, it really was. Like I, I buy the new version every year now because I want to keep up to date with the most online people I can play yeah. against. So if you're like two years back, the, the chances of you getting an online game are a little bit reduced because most people just get it year on year. But like I bought my first one in 95. I bought my most recent one in 2023. I've, been going, I've, yeah. I've been going <laughs> back for a long time. Is is there, is it possible? I mean, because I, I played through them for a couple of years. Um, is there a favorite 
Do you, was there one that stands? I mean, I know they're kind of just reiterations. Yeah. But was there one that ever stuck out for you as a? Well, like, it's a funny one because like there's always been like jumps, like like graphical jumps or gameplay jumps, mechanic jumps. Like that just naturally happens over mm. the course of like twenty years worth of. Well, I'd of be game terrified production. if it didn't. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, we're still back at the OG. Um, yeah, like like I remember like when I my first one I got like a nine the, the nineteen ninety five one that was the second version and the big update there was that you could play in two different arenas like indoor or outdoor. So like where it's come now is obviously way better but in terms of one that stands out a spin-off maybe is where i'd go in fifa street yeah I've heard a lot of people what say it's an absolute classic like if anyone has played that it is just a very very fun game because you know at a point is it just not the same game every single <laughs> year it pretty much is you know but yeah. um it looks shinier though it does yeah. look shinier you get the new players you know and there's like there's little details that just make it ultra realistic mm. they've thought of everything in, in 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 the current games and that like let's say for example you're playing as Bayern Munich and you score a goal at their home stadium there's something that happens if you're actually at a game where they play a, a very specific like I think it's like a Beethoven song after a home goal they do that in the game you know so it's those little, little tweaks and details like that because yeah. the one thing I've noticed is uh, I, I would consider myself a football fan. I watch the Premier League at the weekends. And one of the things I noticed about the ads in between, like when these, you know, the ads before uh, kickoff or during halftime, um, FIFA is a sponsor of the, you know, the, the viewing of mm -hmm. whatever the, the channel. And uh, one thing I did notice is that there's obviously cutscenes in the newest one where there's people hanging out outside of stadiums holding the flags or the scarves yeah. or the t-shirts of whatever team stadium is the home ground at that time. And I was like, that's a nice little, little yeah. touch. But it took them a while to kind of do those little touches, updates. Because yeah. it's funny that you should say FIFA. On my list is FIFA, but a very specific FIFA. And it kind of, this kind of makes me a bit sad, right? It upset me when I checked this out. FIFA 13 right yeah, big deal yeah. big deal there's a reason it's fifa 13 as well um i don't know for those listeners there's a there's a massive team one of the biggest teams in the world right now wigan athletic oh, <laughs> i don't know why you're laughing <laughs> i had uh, to live with this for a while yeah yeah so that'd be my team huge team huge huge team um but they uh in 2013 they won the fa cup yeah and also got relegated from the premier league but i choose to ignore that little that extra bit um but that got me kind of so I was a fan of them. Well, a fan of them for the for the couple of years leading up to that, it got me really excited. So I played a lot of FIFA 13, where I would, as you might know, buy a financial takeover, mm -hmm. get myself extra funds, mm -hmm. put Wigan back in the Premier League, yeah. and buy my dream team. Yeah. You know, Wigan with Wayne Rooney. Why not? You know. But <laughs> Such I think a fun aspect. That yeah, way. that yeah. you could just make like the dream team. And I did the. I know I was never an online player. It was always the campaign mode. But I checked, so uh, and FIFA 13 was one of the only FIFAs that I bought, but I played it for years. I would actually, if I was into getting back into it, I would go into the options menu and update the leagues. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I guess so, current. yeah, see who got relegated, who got promoted, and update it for my new campaign. Sadly for me, of all the video games that I've played in my lifetime, the most amount of hours I've spent on a single game is FIFA 13. And that upsets me for some reason. <laughs> you can get lost in the, like the career mode. Like I don't really go near the career mode anymore because that, that takes over. You will be spending all of your... Sucks, event. Yeah. It is insane. Like That's why I just like the heads up uh, online, 1v1, yeah. kind of getting to play against some random or whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's such crack. And I don't know if you've... like. It's obviously been a long time since you've played it, but the online aspect of it is is excellent. Like I just play seasons, so you start at like the bottom division, which would be like ten. Mm. You can build your way up to one. The standard is excellent. I'm currently sitting in three. 
Nice. So I'm, I'm wow. pretty, I'm pretty yeah. happy with pretty that. Yeah, yeah. Online made me very upset. I mean, like I said, this is the game I pumped the most of my hours into ever. So you think I'd be good at it, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think FIFA 18, I got a lend off. I mean, so you're talking like whatever, five years ago. And I started playing that. And I was like, you know, I've been playing this game for years. I'll go online. I'll do it. I'm going to. I am awful at FIFA for all the hours in and uh, online kind of scared me it's like that with like competitively I'm like that with Smash Brothers I'm a bit like that with Tekken is that I always think I'm good at games yeah. and then I go online and realize I'm absolutely awful at a lot of games yeah. it makes me really upset so when, I, when I first started playing the online aspect of it I'd done the same as you where I'd play like career mode and like you're just choosing the difficulty level you're playing against yeah. like the CPU and uh, you you do find out how good you are quite quickly when you first go online because it's a totally different game. It is yeah. not the same at all. You just figure out like a formula of beating the CPU. Basically, it's not it's not it's not difficult yeah. usually. Well, yeah. well, I mean, if you okay. put it all right, very, all right, very Mr. Hard. Expert, <laughs> I really struggled, right? Even on semi-professional, I had a really hard time. Okay, but then like you, you'll come up against some like some people on the online ones. You're just like, oh. I have I am not very good at this game. Yeah. At all. It's a real eye opener. But uh, yeah, like in terms of a comfort game, I, I I don't think there's a franchise I've ever been more comfortable with. Or as I said, given as much time or yeah. or money to either. So do you you have? I'm assuming you've got FIFA 23 at the minute. Yeah, yeah, I do. And it, it, this I wouldn't have always bought it year on year. Yeah. Um, but it, it is just for the online aspect is why I'm now buying it year on year. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. that was the thing whereby um, probably why I got so many hours out of. 13 was that i realized that you could now obviously the game year on year had improved somewhat in terms of the gameplay and all that type of stuff but that was a fun thing that you could do was where you could just update it essentially yourself on yeah. the system and i one of the things that disappointed me a lot was there'd be a new star you'd be watching the premier league and there's a new star like a new up-and-coming kid and you're like i want him on my team and you go on to your because i'm playing a game that's like four years behind the current system i'm like i want you know ben white on yeah, my yeah. team and i check out his thing and there's no picture of him He's 16 and awful. Yeah, I'm like, rated 40 out of 100. I'm like, okay, so maybe I've been holding on to this version for a little bit too long because it never never updates the stats. Just, mm. you know, you just have to update, you know, that kind of stuff yourself. A, a fine choice. I, it's funny because I had FIFA 13 written down here because it surprised me. I looked at, when I was prepping for this episode, I said, what games have I put most of my hours into? And my jaw dropped when I saw, like, the most, <laughs> like, the most hours I've put into anything is FIFA. Like, Andrew, you and me played, like, fucking tons of Final Fantasy 14 online all that yeah. kind of stuff all these online games these mmorpgs fifa 13 still beat all of them out and i was yeah. like wow okay i guess that is a step for a long time <laughs> yeah. was a comfort game for me and like i think like if you look at like the end of year like which games are the top performers year on year it, like you will not find a year where fifa doesn't crack like usually yeah. well the top yeah. 10 minimes. it's always the top 10 yeah it's like that it's like it's the call of duties it's that year yeah. on year people come come back for because yeah. people are craving kind of whatever updates you can get in terms of graphically gameplay mm. and it's i mean i think those kind of games especially if you're good at them there's an addictive game loop to them mm -hmm. and it's that i think another thing that i liked about now i say it was a pick up and play but like that i probably got lost in career mode but to be able to just like you would do go on and just hop online and do a couple of games and drop it back down mm -hmm. i think for me comfort games that has to be a huge part like something mm -hmm. that's easy just to whenever you want to just pick up and play for yeah. a little while you don't have to settle in for ages and yeah yeah good shout yeah i'm yeah. I'm, I'm glad it's yeah i'm glad it's one you're happy about because it was one i was not <laughs> <laughs> devastated what about you andrew um well the reason i didn't jump in there because the last fifa game i played was fifa 99 on a demo <laughs> on a demo disc i believe at the time and, good year uh, realize i don't like football in general so playing a football game that had no thing for me um, but no, I one of my comfort games, and uh, one thing you'll appreciate as well is when we spent a lot of time playing Monster Hunter. 
Oh my God, why isn't Monster Hunter on my list? That's a fair <laughs> one, yeah. Jesus Christ. Monster Hunter, I think we have pumped more hours. Well, that like for yourselves. I mean, we played it so many versions of that game. Yeah. Um, like I started playing it on the PS2 when it first came out and it was just the most diabolically difficult game because you're playing solo. And it's funny because, you know, we had the PlayStation 2 version of the game, which was notoriously difficult. Like, so, I don't know if you know Monster Hunter at all. my wheelhouse, no. So, like, you go in and you, like, now, it's become, I would say, arcade in the modern like, day. Most definitely now, yeah. It's, it's easier. It's, it's like, changed away from what it was, yeah. kind of thing, originally. So, this was a game where, like, you, you go into a place, you kill the monsters, you get the components from them, you wear the monster, you then go and hunt the bigger monster, kill okay. that, wear its components, and basically just grind one monster until you're wearing okay. its skin, use its, its weapons or its bones or its claws, and you then go and just, you know, murder the next thing on the list. Mm-hmm. And like that, we had the PS2 one, which was, you had to do it solo. Which okay. was like you could. I think if you're in Japan, you could get online servers and play it there. But for yeah, I think we talked the PAL about version. You couldn't. Yeah, we we talked about. Um, I can't remember. Was it a post show? Another episode I did recently, and myself and Luke talked about how our not Kev here, obviously, but our other friend uh, Kev, who's currently in New Zealand, had hacked his PSP I remember, so, to yeah. play online and jumped like really far ahead of me and Luke, and I was devastated and very disappointed in him that he had hacked and that was illegal and we don't, do, you know, I was, <laughs> I was a little bit of a, I was a little bit of a square when I was younger, <laughs> fellas. Um, but yeah, Monster Hunter is a fine choice because I would, I'm incredibly excited about whatever new one comes yeah. out. We pumped hours into the most recent one i uh, was shocked and disgusted to find out that i had well over a thousand hours in monster hunter world um, oh my god well wow. i think i'm on i think I'm on 1400 hours on that game and you know what i'm gonna put a little bit of a braggy thing in here even with all those <laughs> hours it still took me and craig to help him beat the fatalis yeah, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, look, i i like so i uh, yeah that fatalis fight was just uh, that went on for so so long yeah. it was just brutal that was kind of um so to fill you in Kev the Fatalis is like the ultimate um, monster in all of the Monster Hunter games he's been like the hardest one mm-hmm. back in the PSP you fought him in this cool arena he's kind of like a weird kind of lizardy dragon type okay. thing really really cool anyway he's like famous in the in the community of like being like the, the hardest the boss to beat but I haven't played a game since I was since I was really young I think when you're younger you spend a lot of time like cracking games and mm. like figuring out the, the best way but we were doing that Fatalis fight you know and we, we it was during COVID as well so we would hop online and we just Every evening after work, it was like uh, that was what it would be in our in our group chat. It would just be fatalis question mark, and we all knew yeah, we were just hopping into the going, same thing. Yes, yeah. <laughs> we're all hopping into the same squad. thing we did. And is it max two player or what is four it? Player. Four yeah. player. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so we had four of us because it was you, me, Kev, and Craig. Craig, we're yeah. hopping into this, and we the whole point of the game and the game loop, which is so satisfying, is that you're learning all the moves that the monster does and you learn the moves that they do when they're angry, you learn the moves that they do when they've lost a certain percentage of health. So that's the whole time you're adapting to the to the battle as it goes. But we got so good at the Fatalis thing that it was like, we'd be shouting like, you know, headphones on, playing like, you know, in our rooms during COVID, not seeing anybody, but like having this great laugh and it would be this, we just all have calls because one of us would pick by the body language that it's got, but we were so into it that we knew everything it was going to do it, and it still took us i walked into it because you it. guys had been at it for a bit before i because like, yeah. i'd gone to fatalis and kind of stopped playing the game because fatalis like you can do it solo i'm sure like if you're you know completely 100 dedicated but you're trying to do it solo especially me my main was a hammer okay. i have this big slow yoke that you just go in and you just wail on monster. Yeah, you yeah. can't do that with fatalis because it moves so fast oh, you okay. go to hit it and it's already behind you so Damn. at that point you're dead because you look around and, oh by the time I've turned around I've already been blasted with flame attack mm-hmm. so I jumped on with the lads to play it and like that they'd gotten so down to it that I was watching from afar as they were hopscotching all around this thing it couldn't touch them 
But then, like, I'd run in, like, oh, I get hit with a hammer. And they just turn around and look at me. And the next thing I know, I'm waking up on a car. The lad's going, yeah, no, we're, we're got this. Don't worry, Andy. You can come back and you, you get it the next time. Yeah, like, oh, You'll figure it out. Jesus. <laughs> but, yeah, we played that loads. I think um, the PSP uh, version of the game when I was younger was amazing to play at mobile. Mm. Um, I think I might have mentioned in the podcast that me, Luke, and Kev used to go down the country. I can't believe I haven't put this on my list, actually. I, I, I'm, I'm amazed, doesn't it? Because we spent so much time yeah, playing di- that game. Disappointed. I think it was one of those games, though, that... When I say, do I return to it? I play it through to finish it and leave it until the next iteration. Yeah. Like, uh, we we beat the Fatalis in Monster Hunter World and I've never looked back. Mm-hmm. Like, I, 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 I that finished, was it. That was I the, the, the game. The climb. Yeah. Once that was done, that was it. So maybe that's kind of my own, you know, inward rules for how I think comfort games work. But uh, yeah, that was a serious... Monster Hunter was a great show. A serious game to... I mean, and, and so much fun from a multiplayer perspective to play with your mates because we'd go down yep. to Kev's, you know, family's holiday home down mm-hmm. in Roscommon and we'd stay there there was one year we went down because it's the summer and you know your parents when you're that age are like you know we got to a chaos mom and dad and be like oh go outside in the sun we're like we want to stay and play psp <laughs> but you know there was one year we went down and it was a miserable summer and Perfect. the whole time we were down in ruski was like you know two weeks worth of rain and we were like lads get the get the cheese it's or whatever else sit down here a <laughs> couple of cans of coke and let's like you know wail through this game it, and it was it amazing. was one of those games as well is that like while it was all coke and stuff you didn't have to be working on the same thing you'd all be doing mm. different things and one of my best memories playing that game nothing to do with the, the fight whatever I there's a, a creature in the game called a Rathalos it's basically like a big red dragon that I love fighting like I've, I've got its movesets down to the T and it would be so the kind of like the the flagship yeah. monster for the game it, okay. it was the monster you couldn't beat in the PS2 version and okay. ever since then I always figured out right, anytime that's in the game I'm going to destroy it I'm going to learn its movesets I'm going to wear all its armor and weapons and I always remember playing one I think it was yourself and Luke were playing it with me as well and um, we were playing Monster Hunter World and I was there well on the Rathalos and the next thing I see is Darren riding in on this basically rock monster as he charges through with Luke chasing after it and Craig darting through the air after it and kind of going, this is great. Yeah. I'm here right away on this one. I picked a completely different fight somewhere else and I've just basically charged this fight into my fight. And we've now got two monsters fighting each other while we're fighting in the arena. It's just, it was That's just awesome. one of those kind of like, I'm happy. Yeah. This is, this is great. me happy. And uh, interestingly enough, speaking of Monster Hunter, there was a Monster Hunter film that came out. I don't know, like three four years ago maybe maybe a bit more probably more actually and uh i never went to the cinema to see it because i looked at it and it looked bad like it's a complete it's a complete fantasy world mm-hmm. but for whatever reason the movie they decided to put the american military in and they somehow get warped <laughs> into this world so they're trying to cross over two very different mm-hmm. and it's a whole hoorah you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And which i was like oh for fuck's sake but i said you know what? i'm gonna sit i got a couple hours to kill here in the evening i'm gonna sit down and watch the film i i an hour in i was like no no <laughs> this is this is hot trash I'm out. <laughs> this is just a bad film. And it starts off so well because I, I watched this and it starts off in the world of Monster Hunter yeah, yeah. and the all the kind of characters like you know the uh, Andrew the the what what's your like your your teammate person called like the your scout the handler they yeah, have yeah. like you know and act, there's actors dressed up as handlers and dressed up as guys that you recognize from the games and I'm like this is so good and then they crash and it clips out and it's like you know, uh, the desert somewhere in Afghanistan. And you're like, ah, oh, no, oh, no. Here we go. Like, you <laughs> know, it's a U.S. military propaganda movie. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like, for like, oh, sake. Yep. yeah. So that's a pity because it's you know, if they went like purely down the fantasy route, I'd say you could actually get a decent movie yeah. out of that because the CGI was like, it's done. It, it was done by either a Chinese, Japanese, and production company as well. So I don't know if you know, like from watching. I mean, I'd, I'd watch a fair few Japanese films as well. The CGI can be a bit they have a, a style of CGI mm-hmm. where I would say, is it great? I don't know if it's great, but it's different. Yeah. And they have the CGI that Diablos is, is, is in the film and yeah. some of the monsters. And I was like, 
it's not the best CGI, but I can get right behind it because it, it fits the style. Exactly, but then yeah, I've yeah. got fucking Hoorah's Murica. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, nah, yeah, nah, I'm, done, I'm, done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm <laughs> done. A fine choice. I'll go into one of mine, which I ha- kept coming back for, for a good few years after. Like it's, what is it now? Four years old, three years old. Uh, Animal Crossing. Oh, yeah. I think Excellent I mentioned choice. a couple of times on the podcast. But for me, there was... N- I literally would be working from home during the pandemic and was thinking to myself, shit, it's um, fucking the Eagle. It's, it's called the Eagle Animal Crossing Villager. It was called Barry or whatever. I was like, oh, shit, it's Barry's birthday tomorrow. I better find out something I can... But that was how my... I was just so obsessed with it that like during the whole pandemic, the two years, because it's a game that you, you, you kind of play daily. Like it, Its clock is based off your clock. Yeah. So if you turn on at night, it's nighttime in the game yeah. and then all that kind of stuff, you know? And there was something so satisfying about that game. And like at the beginning of the pandemic, I was probably dealing with a fair bit of anxiety, like most people mm. being like, what the fuck mm-hmm. is going on? But there was something so satisfying about like the daily tasks. I was like, oh, if I want to create a lovely little bench outside of the community center, I'm going to need to chop down some trees. Let's get to it. And that was kind of like how I, it, it definitely helped me manage my like my normal day-to-day life at the time. But, oh, you know, I got into that game and played it and played it and then went on to Reddit and discovered more about it. Then found the turn up stock market. <laughs> <laughs> and my life crumbled around me after that, you know. Uh, but no, that was, a, uh, and I, I think I've talked about it before, the music. It, it, to me, when I hear that, it reminds me of the pandemic, but kind of in all the, the nicest kind of ways, like the relaxed, mm. the, the, the chilling out. And I think one of the things I really liked about it at the time was you could go and visit other people's islands. And I went online and there was kind of websites and stuff to go visit people's islands that had like, you know, maybe they were selling turnips at a good price mm. or they were willing to trade certain items that you didn't have. And it was all this big form and you used to go on and I opened up my island to certain things, but what was so nice about it, and again, they're complete and total strangers, but there was something so satisfying about it is that you'd have people over to your island and they'd run around and they're trying to, you know, either get, sell their turnips to your turnip selling lady, can't remember, Maisie, who's selling your turnips for a great price. Um, but they'd run around and they might come up to you at the end and you can like open up a little chat bubble and put in a message and you know I got Mm. the community was so nice because but before before turnips took over everything the community was so nice that they'd be like hey your island's great like hope you're having a nice time I even had a couple of people that said like hope you're doing okay pandemic sucks all that kind of stuff yeah yeah, it's a lovely way to do it yeah and it was that thing where I kept I loved and you know I did this thing whereby for a while when I was at my job during the pandemic working from home I'd leave the switch up on the desk in front of me and I'd like take off the joy cons it's a relaxing way to play and open up the island and have people come in if they needed to sell their turnips at my island or if they ha- I had a couple of items that they were looking for but like just oh someone's popped in and then have a, just a quick little chat with that person and it was everyone was always so nice and it was something so satisfying about that to, to my like I'd turn that game off of a night and sleep like a fucking baby being like yeah. <laughs> I met nothing but nice people in my make-believe world today like you know but it was like it, whatever helps you get through all that kind of shit so that was a for for the best part of two years was a massive comfort game for me and you become friends with these you know like the actual villagers that come to your island so the whole mm. idea is as you go through the game you open know, for more people to come in and live on your island and you know, I, I'm trying to think there was one person, I, one villager I fucking hated and did everything I could to get them off my island. Um, but that kind of that kind of stuff as well. Like, it's like a, it was like a little soap, you know, a little soap opera that I had on my own thing. I was like, fuck Larry. Larry, he says the stupidest things. He looks ridiculous. His house is a mess. I want him off my island. I'm like going online, like how to get Larry off my <laughs> island, all that kind of stuff. So the well, Animal Crossing was a massive. And I, 
it's funny like my comfort games are things that like i found comfortable for a long period of time i couldn't go on to play animal crossing now i don't think i think like that ship has sailed mm-hmm. but it will always like i hear that you like as you know kev we mentioned smash brothers on this yeah, yeah, podcast mm-hmm. all the time but there are like uh animal crossing levels that you yeah. can do animal crossing characters and sometimes when we're playing smash brothers we'll pick that level and some random music will come on, but it'll be the music that I'm so familiar with. And even though you're in this high stress situation playing Smash Brothers, I just sit back on the couch and be like, I don't even mind if I lose. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this, is, this is so nice, you know? Is there um, points in Animal Crossing? Tara plays Animal Crossing. It's one of the, the few games my girlfriend has mm. on, uh, on the Switch. And um, is there like certain, I've never played it now myself, but is there certain uh, points of time, like a bit like, because it is in line with real time. Yeah. You can miss a window to do something like specific. So you 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 can do that. There was a great way to 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 cheat the game in that it was based off your clock on the Switch. Right. So there was always like a Halloween special. There was a really nice I mean this is what I mean it was you know there was Halloween the first Halloween um during COVID so 2020. First Halloween that we had no trick or treating, no one's hmm. in the houses, no one knows what the fuck's going on. But Animal Crossing get your bag of sweets <laughs> put on whatever costume you want and go door to door to all your villagers oh, and trick yeah. or treat and it was that thing it was like this really hilariously fucking ridiculous way of coping but it was it was like, I was like oh, I'm, I'm still enjoying Halloween I'm still going to enjoy Christmas you know I'm going to do my fucking my way. I'm going to get like absolutely pissed drunk in my bedroom on wine and go visit my <laughs> villager family you know that kind of all that kind of stuff going on but yeah so it's based off the clock on your switch so okay. what was nice about it and what was quite forgiving because it was hard especially like Christmas Day like the events are happening on Christmas Day but you're, you're having your own Christmas Day in real life yeah, so like no, who's going to really yeah, like yeah. take on I mean I jokingly say I got drunk on wine that's not what actually happened but um, so you can miss those things but you can always just go and manually switch the clock on your switch to be like okay within two days after Christmas but I'm going to make the switch think it's Christmas again and I'll do the Christmas event in yeah, Animal Crossing yeah. so you were never you were never left out but that's what got killer like that it, the game slowly like it got taken away from me because I got hooked on the, the turn up stock exchange essentially <laughs> and you could only sell your turnips on sunday so i used to keep resetting it to the next sunday and the next sunday is like where, where's my good turnip price you know See, m- my turnips are worth shit right now i need to fast forward to next week and and that kind of took me over for a while because you can make fucking tons of money that way this like, is the and, thing as well because like i again like yourself Kev, i've never played mm-hmm. animal crossing but eve played it a lot my daughter like she played a lot on that one. she loved mm-hmm. it but i'd only hear it from yourselves or herself what the game actually was Every time I spoke to her, she was, oh, yeah, I'm in debt again, and I'm trying to pay off the, the mayor or whatever it was, and I'm yeah. going to buy this, and let's put me even further in debt. And I'm looking at her going, this is a game where you <laughs> purposely put yourself in debt. And then I was thinking, okay, well, maybe there's, maybe there's more to this game. And the next thing here, I think it was yourself and Luke talking about the potato or the, the turnip thing and how you're all, you know, spend so much time trying to get the right turnip price and stuff. And I'm yeah. looking going, this is like capitalism and just no, dropping it, yourself into and jazz. It, just, it just allowed me to live my real life <laughs> virtually when i wasn't able to live my real life you know and uh, no i did it, like there was you know i forget like forget the the dude's name the, the guy who owns the island but like i think nintendo knows like they're playing up to that little bit as well because like, when you talk to him he's like for the you know come to the island for the cheap and reasonable price of ten thousand, and you're like fuck that's a lot of in-game money and like <laughs> your character knows it he knows it but like everyone just gets on with it you know and you pay him off slowly but surely that's why the turnip exchange became so important because i think the game was meant to last a huge amount of time because it would take a long time to kind of pay off your debts essentially <laughs> but with the turnip exchange you could like 
get grab money real quick you know build your bridges and ex expand your land and get the next package or whatever else and pay it off all really really quickly and just live the sweet life of just decorating yeah. your island which mm. is kind of why the turnip exchange got like there was a website devoted to it where you could just visit people's island and the demands were crazy people would be like oh you can visit my island and sell your terms to my island for the small price of a hundred thousand, <laughs> like literally, that's how it worked, you know. Pure um, upselling. Like. Yeah, yeah, that's that's how it works. So that would be uh, that was definitely one of my comfort games that I that I fell to for sure. Kev, have you got a another one? Yeah, for sure. Um, I think uh, one area like of game that I always find comfort in because they're just such a pick up and go aspect. You don't have to remember too much of platformers, just in general. Mm. You know, simple mechanics of usually just jump and go or a little bit of interaction. And uh, I recently got a Switch, like in the last two months or so, I got a Switch. And one of the first things I demoed was all the original SNES games. Nice, and to dive, yeah, good choice. To yeah. dive straight back into Donkey Kong Country has just Excellent been choice. fantastic. Like I had it um, when, it came, well, not when it came out on SNES. I got it on SNES when I was mm. younger, but not on the original release date or anything. And then I'd always play it on like maybe an emulator, but I hadn't played it in a long time. And I've dove back in. And my God, I could just keep going back it's to a day on day. It's such a fun game. It's such a fun game. And I suppose, like, I think where the comfort is for me is the fact that there's not a fantastic amount to it where, like, I can put it down for a couple of days, pick it back up and dive straight back in. Whereas, you know, as I was saying, I had open world fatigue there. You mm. know, if you step away from an open world game for a couple of days, where maybe the fuck a week, are you yeah, going it'll take you days to yeah, figure out what where you're doing. Am I? I? What are the moves? What, what are the combos? Yeah, exactly. But with, uh, yeah, just the basic platformer style, it's just perfect for me. And uh, as a character, awesome. He's a he's a cool guy. Great, yeah. Um, and I think as well, like, you know, he was basically, he was originally a, vil a villain in, like, the early iterations of, like, the arcade-style game. So, like, to turn him into a hero and... Um, you know, like the graphics at the time as well, and they hold up super well. Well, it's I think it was one of the most impressive um, video games that came out. One of my favorite things, Andrew, you'll, you'll remember this, one of my favorite home movies we have. Mm -hmm. uh, I was too young, really, when we got it, but it's my dad on the video camera on Christmas morning, and it's the Christmas morning that you and Graham yeah. are sitting down on our old, like, little plastic chairs <laughs> with our tiny little television in our bedroom, and oh, you just chairs. got in Donkey Kong Country, and it's the funniest thing ever, because my dad goes, <laughs> and it's like, literally, that, me that, that meme is like, you're winning, son. Like, my dad, my dad comes in and he's like you're having fun guys and it like they don't even look up they have no idea my dad's in the room it's just like oh, this game is fucking amazing it's like hook it to my veins but like I, I like I like that I play it on occasionally on the Switch now. Mm -hmm. it, I think I still think it looks amazing. Oh, I think it looks brilliant. Yeah. and I think like it was one of the earlier games to use like um, pre-rendering, so like, like it does have like kind of three D feel, even though like mm. it is, it is yeah. 2D. it is two D, yeah. but it, it yeah. you you'd think it's three D, yeah. which you think it's three D, and just like clever little tricks that like you wouldn't have seen in maybe like Super Mario Bros. games, where you know like it, that, it, you, usually when you're outdoor it's like bright out, but like just even in this game, you know, like it just switches like the weather or the time of day, which just seems like such a simple thing, but for like the early 90s yeah, yeah. that wasn't always available and uh, it just has me hooked and going back the interactive little characters you can play as you know like when you're on the back of that swordfish like on guard the swordfish yeah, yeah, yeah just great crack like um and as a series in general it's an excellent series i think like um the third one i didn't enjoy as much the third the one was the one. frozen one that was mm. uh the frozen country or something like that wasn't it that uh, was is on? this the, uh, the one that came out in the wii u maybe yeah, i think or, so yeah, uh, yeah. uh frozen tropical or tropical, it, frozen, tropical yeah, thing and tropical it came out fees, yeah. it came out for the 3ds as well and it's funny because it lost uh, like that because you have donkey kong country and donkey kong country 2 mm -hmm. and they have the same vibes same kind of graphics but the third one kind of i wouldn't say it looks worse 
but they it's kind of modern day graphics for a 3D side mm-hmm. platformer basically but it just it holds none of the same atmosphere as no. the first two no and I think like the, the first the first couple particularly the early ones they just have like, like a, a charm to them like they're just mm-hmm. a lot of fun like playing as uh, Diddy Kong and like understanding the different mechanics between the two characters yeah. you know if you need to clear house you play as Donkey Kong to start rolling and just take out any little Kremlin that comes by you but if you need to make you know uh, a more difficult jump you're probably better off playing as Diddy Kong yeah. and then they yeah. kept that fresh by just adding new characters in every game afterwards like um, you don't play as Donkey Kong in number two or three you're playing as like what's her name uh, Dixie Kong yeah. Dixie um, Kong yeah, yeah. and uh, Diddy Kong in the second one and then the third one they brought in Kitty Kong which I think wasn't as much fun for me no, but, I, I, uh, like yeah. I always remember playing that was that I mean there was some levels in that that were just like by far and away because it was the first level I remember playing the game where you actually had to work on timing Barrel Cannon Canyon. Yeah. Oh my god. That was just. You remember that one as well? Yeah. I think we we spent. I spent so long trying to perfect that, so I could just. I could nearly in my head close my eyes, go. Yeah. Bang, bang, bang. Wait, wait, wait. Bang, wait, wait. Bang, bang, bang. Wait, and just fire myself across the level, kind of thing. It was just. And it has the. Uh, I only played there recently. I was showing Luke. Um, we had talked on the podcast before i can't remember what the what the topic was but i brought up the minecart level in oh pain in the hole notoriously <laughs> difficult but there's something it's one of those ones that i love where i can keep going back and keep i'll just keep trying like it, mm-hmm. it, i say to say it frustrates me of course it does because you have to keep going back but there's something really quite like i, I will do this like yeah. i know i can do this and i will do this and i was showing luke um it was probably a couple of weeks ago, actually. We was showing the level. I actually got to it on the Switch version and I put it on the, the TV and I was like, yeah, have a look at this. This is the level. And again, it's the atmosphere of that game. It's the music. It's mm-hmm. the, like the minecart music. As well. like oh, we, like, we, when you start the miss- mission and it's that little, or start the level and it's that little buildup of, of music. I'm like, this, this level alone will always live in my, my yeah. brain. And like, and you know, it was like that music as well. Like was the, the first time you did the Arctic level. We had that really kind of, oh yeah, the, really the, quiet kind of, I don't even know what you call it. it was oh, just, like kind of just like sparse and like lonely like it, it, that's what i mean with the atmosphere of that game it really collects it sets the tone for the levels yeah all the time yeah yeah phenomenal a fine choice yeah and i i'm like i'm playing it a lot now at the moment during lunch in particular i bring the switch into the office a lot because you know <laughs> f- fuck having a conversation at lunch with someone yeah, i like, know i've he- got better things to do here he- headphones <laughs> in and I, was like, my I did press jump i did press jump at that time and like i'm just going crazy and i was like no i'll get back to you in 20 minutes lads. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, it's just, so much fun it is, yeah. and as well, like you said, you can just jump back into it, regardless of wherever you yeah. are, you can just jump straight back into it. Yeah, like, like that's, I think a platform where it's just, it's kind of almost perfect. Yeah. Um, it's not too much thinking involved, and it is challenging. Like, that is the thing, it is a challenge. Even though it wasn't an easy game, yeah. it was not an easy Super game. Super hard. Because I went through, in that playthrough to get back to the minecart level, I played through, and I got through most of the levels, it was grand and easy, and I got to the minecart level, and I'm 31 now, and I'm like, I, I know I can play video games, mm-hmm. but it still got me. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. but like challenging to the point where there's like a lot of modern day games that I don't have the time for them to be challenging, but it's just the right amount of challenging, yeah. I think. Even yeah, you can get through it. And yeah. like, I know that, like, and it's, is it cheating a little bit? Yes, it probably is. But like now with on the Switch, you can just save at any point. And so the rewind. Yeah, and the rewinds. Yeah. You don't have to like bank loads of lives like you used to and go back into it. So yeah, it, does, just, it does just make it easier. But it got to a point on the minecart level, the first time I was playing it again on the Switch, I was like, 
every time I made a successful jump, I was like, and save. And save. <laughs> <laughs> I just I'm going to jump it. and save. <laughs> bit, bit by bit, I'm getting through this level. Um, what about you, Andrew? Any other, what, what would be your, your, your kind of your main, because I, I was talking to you beforehand and I don't, yeah. you hadn't. Well, I, I have two left. I, do you want my main one or a quick run on the? Go for your main one so we can give it the time it deserves because I just don't, I, would, I worry that, because, you know, we are like doing well for time yeah. here, but I worry that we might, might not be able to give your, your main choice the, the, the time Well, the main deserves. choice, I mean, this is a game that like I've been playing since it came out and you of course got it earlier in the day it is no man's ah, sky no man's sky i knew it <laughs> i knew it um yeah like i got that game when it first came out back in 2016 and like this was the, like so much pro- have you ever played it yourself Mm-mm, no this this was pegged as you know this this amazing uh world and universe you can explore and it was huge amount of stuff was in it mm-hmm. but it was one of these cases of huge amount of stuff they supposed to put in it but when you actually got to play it it's like this seems a lot more sparse than what it was supposed to be okay. and you play through you realize none of the stuff from the trailers is in this game oh, and then okay. you get to the end of it and it basically reverts you back to the start and you lose all your shit oh, so fuck. you go back to the start and go so i basically just reset my game when i got to the end of the game nothing there was nothing to it it was just bare bones so thing. interesting i think if i remember but, the story correctly sorry to cut across andrew but the guy who one of the main leads behind the company when the game came out he disappeared he, like he, he had to yeah disappeared no, he, for a while like he did a runner because the game was so it, you know it was set up and i i remember being excited about it and i saw it you showed it to me when it first mm. came out and i was like this like i mean and i'm very you know the lads these the lads in the podcast will, will agree with me when i say this i can be very critical about that kind of stuff very critical critical about cyberpunk mass effect andromeda and i never even since I've never touched on No Man's Sky since, but you showed it to me and I was like, this is nothing because it was like millions of procedurally generated worlds, all with different flora, fauna, whatever else, and build your bases and all these things are going to be in it. And you showed it to me and it was really like, Wah. like it was just, <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was nothing it was there. It was the most bare bones thing. And then like, you know, as a, yeah, Sean Murray, the guy who uh, created like his team and himself almost went into hiding at that stage because it was, Death threats been thrown at them and all oh, manner of heart. Everyone yeah. was so... Which, which I don't... Like, that aspect of it all, I don't agree with. Like, I don't agree with that kind of mentality. But at the same time, it's... it's it's Especially when you advertise things in a certain way. Yeah. And again, it's like... It's a game that came out at full price. Yeah. It, it, it didn't come out in beta. And it didn't. And I would be so forgiving of all of these things if they said, hey, we're a little bit behind on time, so we're going to release it. But it is... This is a beta build. It's still build. a work in progress. Mm-hmm. So still got bits to... here it is for half price. And when we do the final update, we'll charge you the second half of yeah. the money yeah, I, yeah. I would be so on board with that kind of stuff but so this this came out and obviously like i i played it and got through to the end of it and reset myself and kind of like i amongst like everyone else was making what the f- <laughs> is this it's like, what is this cheap off rip off kind of thing so yeah they disappeared for a while and then they came back and said look and um, we're going to work on this we're going to make it the game everyone thought it was going to be we're just bear with yeah, us yeah. We'll, we'll we'll go into it and like that they started releasing update after update all free thing. Okay, and they, well, they built it back up to what it was supposed to be yeah and then kept going and going and going and like the game it is now is miles beyond whatever it was supposed to be at the start like it's an incredible game it's the most chilled out relaxed game you can spend and i have spent probably the most hours i've spent on any game i mean mean, the 1400 i think so i have i've one main save file so the way it worked is like you had your main save file so you could play survival normal permadeath if you felt like you know hitting Mm -hmm. yourself a few times um and then they started releasing these uh, expeditions so okay. the idea was that in the main game itself you go to this thing called the anomaly and you could go to shop and basically buy stuff that you would earned throughout the expeditions so the idea is you start a new game start the expedition and you start it with thousands of other players all at the same time so you all just jump into this brand new procedurally generated world in some part of the universe and 
play whatever the mission was. So the first, the first one would be like find a ship and find, mm-hmm. and then once you find your ship, get it all repaired. And what the main game was, but much more of a community event. And you earn rewards for it, and all the rewards you can bring into your main game then and show them off. So if you complete the, the expedition, you get your shiny golden ship, and you arrive into the, you know, the next game going, hey guys, look at my golden ship. I completed this. Fuck all y'all. That and then more class. people start arriving, all these kind of stuff. And then more expeditions start launching, and more people start arriving, all this cool stuff. Um, but yeah, the game is just blown up from what it was originally. And it is the most chilled out game I think I've ever played in my life. And I, Be- would, I would love to kind of go back and give it a chance because... I think I was about as excited as you were when that was coming out. Like that was almost a day one purchase for me when mm. when it was released because that was like procedurally generated world, each one with its own flora and fauna, and I'm just there to explore because I'm on a and I, I say I'm on. I've been on one for years. A massive just space buzz. Mm. Like I'm watching uh, uh, for all mankind at the minute, and I you know recently went through like Armageddon, Apollo, Deep Impact, like every space <laughs> fucking uh, <laughs> arrival, all of them. Like you know I life I I've 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 been doing that for for the last like two three years been on a massive space buzz and i keep looking at you know the new trailers for the new i mean i think they're finished now though aren't they DLC no 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 there's they're still planned so they've loads more apparently plans plans amazing so they figured they've got another two three years worth of dlc so your your comfort game is going to be sitting there right with with you for the next couple of years that's the thing i mean like i i keep going about and as i say i mean between all the expeditions i was actually looking at i racked up a good three or four hundred hours and on my main game i racked up two and a half thousand I'm sorry, Andrew, do you <laughs> want to uh, speak that out that clearly number? for the it audience? It was two and a half, uh, 2,500. That's very impressive. Yeah. Wow. I mean, yeah. is it, imp- <laughs> is it <laughs> no, impressive or is like it borderline, like uh, yeah, worrying? But yeah, no, like I spent so much time on it. And it's like, you get the game, you you start off on your first planet. And the idea is you find your crash ship and you repair your ship. Um, and then you move on to you know the next planet and you get resources and you build it up. And the idea is, you know, get your own freighter. And mm-hmm. this thing arrives with loads of, like, up to 30 ships you can have fly in with this freighter. So you basically control wow. the skies. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was very kind of basic because you'd fly this massive freighter in and it was very bare-bones freighter and you'd have other ships that did nothing but, you know, pretty up the sky a bit. But then they started making space more interesting and adding more stuff to it. And one of my frigates now that actually flies in is the Norm DSR. Well, oh, very good Mass so Effect. Yeah. Every time I want to get a little Mass Effect pose, I just mm-hmm. look at the window of my frigate, and there's the Normandy just floating in the sky beside me. Because like, yes. that was mm-hmm. a that was a legitimate crossover thing. That was one of the expeditions. Yeah. yeah. So and it was great because the expedition was case like you're you're there on the planet, you've completed all these things, you're getting these weird transmissions coming through, and then you get this transmission going. You know, the transmission is here, it's here, and the camera kind of pans up, and the Normandy just warps in above you and like flies over the planet as you're watching. It's like, oh, this is, and it's got the Mass Effect music playing as it's going mm-hmm. through. It's like yeah. this is just. Is but, all uh, the um, like DLC stuff? Is that just, like just comes free with the game? Oh, it, oh, that's you get the game great. now. You get that's every bit good. of DLC yeah. free. And the expeditions they repeat them every now and again, so you can just jump into all expeditions again. Oh, but the whole awesome. you buy the game now and you're basically getting I think it's thirteen DLCs. All but I free. think wow. I think Kev, and again, this isn't a shit on it because it's great. Like it's a great redemption story for yeah. them to actually come back and do that. But I think up until very recently they hit what the game was meant to be yeah so there's the a couple of there's been one or two things since that are like are great like as in here you go here's just more stuff that was never promised and but i think only in the last i would say two years has that game actually and i could be wrong in no it, it hit the last i think there's been a few major updates now since it but i think it's two or three updates ago is when they kind of hit like here's everything we promised you here's yes. everything that we said we'd have in the game kind of thing and then two, two or three major ones have come out since then like the last one's come out uh interceptor um, which I think I've got that wrong now, but I think it's interceptor. Let us but know at the gift of gaming podcast at gmail.com. <laughs> if I've screwed up and I'm not allowed on the show anymore. Uh, <laughs> 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 
But um, yeah, well, this one, like, so beforehand, it was case like space battles weren't really space battles. You fly in, you shoot the Sentinels, which are the, the evil race or such in the game. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a huge lore behind it as well. It's been built up since then. But if you kill the Sentinels, the idea is it's almost looked like, like GTA wanted level. You kill the guys, you go up to two star, three star, four star, five star, and then a five star, they warp their own freighter in. And it is this thing opens up the sky with lasers and stuff, but it was just the freighter. Okay. And you were the only thing shooting against the very your other ship might fire for effect, but that's yeah. all you got out of it. Now it's a case of this thing warps in and it warps in with its own fleet of interceptor ships that are flying around the place. It's opening fire on you, it's opening fire on your ship. Your ship looks like it's firing back. Uh, everyone's still trying to figure out the the figure's actually firing back, or is it just still just a yeah. uh, fancy thing? But you can actually now destroy the the frigates themselves, the sentinels they fly in. And if you do that, you get the components to go find your own sentinel ship. And these things are like badass, like X-Wing, TIE Fighter looking things mm-hmm. now. That It's a style of ship never seen in the game before. And everyone's gone mad for them. But yeah, it's just they keep adding more. So every time someone goes, do you know what would be great? Oh, it's in the next update. Oh, okay, grand, yeah, never mind. <laughs> and it is, like that is such a great redemption story. And I think I need to kind of um, change my mindset about those things because the, you know, the DLC for Cyberpunk that's due out soon looks like that is going to make it the game that it was meant to be. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, I guess, should I be more forgiving about those things? Like, it's great that people finally got No Man's Sky, but should they have gotten I mean, that's an idea I that think, I always have of myself. I think you know? with No Man's Sky, from what I remember, it was the first one to kind of do that. Make such a huge promise and then just drop the ball. Yeah, because I think they even had... that. Like, and that's what I mean. That's, that, that's the problem because Cyberpunk did the same thing. Like, if you advertise in-game bits like you know mm. not not like trailers but i think with cyberpunk especially they had advertised literally like a, you walking through the city with all these people and it all looked amazing mm-hmm. and and that it looked look it's like it's it's just legitimately false advertising and that's where i'm kind of like oh you have to draw the line because you know us yeah. as gamers some of us you know uh, we, we don't have the time for that well it, it's, like, it's something we don't have the time but like it's our hard earned cash at the end of the day yeah. you know we're yeah. consumers and some of us might be better off than others so we you know if someone's buying a game it could be a massive choice for them to go and buy that you don't want that game to take i mean no man's sky what took the best part of three four years to get to what it I was mean, meant to, to be fair, yeah it took the better part of four and a half five years and yeah to, get to where it needed to be to actually say but, well this is but good good for them that they did that and good for them that people were willing to stick with it because mm-hmm. i know no man's sky now has a massive like people are big into that game now and i'm glad it didn't you know because i'd hate to think I mean, anything can happen i don't know what went on behind it, the it scenes it could have gone a completely different way it could I have, it's just, just fact that like i mean as a shamar and his team when they were doing it if they had just walked off and that, they could that, have, and, and it, that could have just Kill that completely. And it and looked been... like they were going to as it, well at the time. I remember, yeah, like, did they they, a statement as to, like, what they happened? went. Was no, so there was no real statement. They kind of, the game came out and everyone, as they got to the, so when the game came out, the idea was you get to the end of the universe or mm. the end of the galaxy and then you get, unlock the ending kind of thing. So, of course, everyone did their best to just gun towards the end as fast as they could. Yeah. Pick up what you can, but get there kind of thing. And like, I did it myself. Like, I powered through it, trying, oh, I want to see what's this, I want to see what it is. And it is a case of you're traveling through a galaxy map trying to get to the Blake bright glowing center yeah. thing when you get to it it's like oh cool and then it just sucks you back to the start of the game with everything yeah. gone it's like oh yeah that's a bit it's it's a like the Sopranos and, and that happened of it. Yeah. <laughs> and when that happened we're all kind of like everyone's kind of going like jumping on Twitter or thinking like, what the hell what, what is this nothing not a peep for anyone it's and almost it was, like trolling like what is it but, yeah, it's, like, but it's it's you know and that's mean that it's very easy like i mean i i was very harsh about cyberpunk and i and i know i was probably too harsh because the development team the, the you know the hard-working people that would have put that together probably had no say at the end of the day it was probably you know big 
big, you know, Hurumph board people that said, mm. release the goddamn game, we're sick of delays, and all of a sudden they had to, and there was that backlash. I'd say it was probably something similar with No Man's Sky. If anybody knows out there, let us know at the giftedgamingpodcast at gmail.com what actually happened. But from my recollection, I mean, well, not even my recollection, I'm assuming that they had financial years to complete this buy and put mm. it out there, and they just took so long to develop it in even its most basic form, and we're like, well, we just have to we have to release this. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. We're, yeah. We're, we're well, yeah, as, and as I say, when you look at the trailer and what you got at the start, I mean, the trailer had this amazing ship that didn't exist in this amazing world that didn't exist with these amazing long neck Diplodocus style dinosaurs yeah. that didn't exist. And then this big dinosaur rolls in on its back that didn't exist. Okay. Yeah. And then it flies out into space and he says massive space battles that didn't exist. Yeah. Yeah, he's looking at going, going, Is there anything from that trailer that was that was uh, correct? The game is still in first person. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is definitely called No Man's Sky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's about all you can yeah. say for it. But no, but a like, good a good redemption story and a great comfort game. And I'm glad that they made it. I'm, so that's what I mean. I'm glad it became the game it was meant to be, and that people can enjoy it for what it was always meant yeah. to be. Yeah, and it's, it is a case now. It's like everyone's kind of rallied behind. And just one last thing for this game as well is that when the updates were being launched and everyone's kind of waiting to see what the next big one was, there was this huge thing where Sean Murray the guy behind us would literally go on to Twitter and just put a single emoji and that was to tell that was a clue to what the next DLC was going to be and everyone lost their absolute shit every time an emoji co page so to the point where everyone was waiting with beta breath an emoji comes up and Twitter Reddit all exploded with you know oh what's this mean what's it and thing and it was just he's got everyone hooked around his little finger now at this stage anything and he because it is every time he puts an emoji it's an amazing DLC all for mm. free that comes out like a week later yeah and just blows people out of the water. So yeah, good for him. Good for them. Good for you. Good for, yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> good for you, Andrew. Such a comfort yeah. game for years to come. Now, yeah, yeah. So. Hopefully, um, going on to my next comfort game is one that I would say is my most recent comfort game, and one that I've lost a lot of time in is Civilization Six. Oh God, yeah. <laughs> As strategy games go, it's probably the most in-depth and one of my favorite ones. But aside from that, for those who don't know, you basically get to pick you know civilizations or you know leaders from so many times in history you can play as um maui from you know like you know you can play as the, the maori from new zealand yeah, yeah. you can play as um i got I'm, I'm hitting a blank uh why can't i think of anybody if, if it helps i've just started playing i've gotten back into the clear and i can tell you loads of them yeah we well, do we do absolutely cleopatra you can play as like cleopatra you can play frederick Bar- Bar- barbarossa thank you very much um but all these gandhi gandhi yeah exactly oh, all these I, I know this exactly yeah, yeah. luke actually was playing this when we were living together yeah, it's, yeah. yeah. i must actually get on to luke <laughs> yeah he'll that's love the case because yeah. i don't think i've ever talked to luke about uh civ uh, yeah. six but it, it's this thing that hooked me and what i love about it as well is each of the civilizations based on what they did historically have different kind of perks for mm-hmm. your mm-hmm. campaign so for example um catherine de medici she was you know obviously in her time she was considered a, a master of espionage and, and spies and lots of your bonuses when you're going through the the civilization because you go through the time like you start off in the kind of the stone age and you mm-hmm. work your way all, up to, all the way up to the modern age and as you get closer to the modern age her perks come to light and she's really good at espionage and spying and sabotaging and all that type of stuff but if you're playing as the likes of Cleopatra in the early, like in the really early days, you get like bonuses for like building pyramids and all that type of stuff. Okay. But, um, what's, what Gan- I, what's Gandhi doing in all this? Uh, so funny, funny. About, <laughs> the funny Making thing, war with everyone around yeah, him, it seems. The funny thing about Gandhi, especially when he's when he's AI, right? So there, with each civilization, you kind of, as you discover other civilizations when you're playing through, you can kind of um, make friendship, you know, be, you know, make friends with them. And then as time moves on, you can create alliances and truces and everything like that. And, when you go on to read Gandhi's thing he's like he's, he hates people who are at war and I'll never forget I was playing through this campaign with um, our mate Kev from New Zealand when he was living with me 
two of us were doing a campaign and I went on to check out Gandhi and like that's his thing, doesn't like when people are at war. And I checked stats to see who he was at war with, which is pretty much everybody else. And I checked to see <laughs> who declared those wars. It's it pretty was much Gandhi. Gandhi. <laughs> <laughs> so the AI, AI can be a little bit uh, funny at times. But another aspect of that game that I love, aside from the strategy, and I guess I got this, Kev might find this a bit harsh, but when we played, you would play your turn simultaneously and then I would end my turn, but I'd have to wait for Kevin to end his turn before it moves on to the next mm. turn. And Kev would take fucking ages to make his <laughs> turn. So I got into the habit of um, when you would go to, so you can build like you build all sorts of things like this wonders, the wonders of the world. If you discover them, mm. discover the, the, the technology for them first, you can build them first and they all have all, all their perks. But it gives you like a, um, if you go onto like the Civilization Six encyclopedia, like in the menu, you can read all about it. Like read about Stonehenge, read about the pyramids, uh, read about a certain kind of uh, like the the troops, you know, the the eagle warriors from the the ancient Aztecs, and it's got historical stuff about them. And I would sit there and just, you know, Kev was taking fucking ages to finish his <laughs> turn. I'd be like, oh yeah, that gets in. But like really, just and not. Like, I mean, I I did it because I was bored, but it ended up being like. I'll finish my turn real quick so I can read something so else read some more before Kev finishes <laughs> yeah, nice. his turn. So there's that part of it that's, that's quite relaxing just to be like, this is, there's, you know, there's lots of interesting bits of this, but it is, as a game, it's an, a, ser- a seriously addictive loop. So one of the things it does is when you click exit game, it gives you an option of being like, are you sure you don't want to take just one more turn? And I'm like, it's just one more turn. And then it it's four o'clock in the morning. That's <laughs> <laughs> so sneaky. It is so sneaky. But it was, it's the only game where, um, I've played through, because you get different wins. You can win the game through like a science victory where you focus on science-based things. Um, you can win a, a, a match through religion. So one of the first games me and Kev ever played through uh, was when we were isolating during uh, COVID. When he came back from New Zealand, we went down to the family place in Ruski that we used to always go to as kids. And it was just me and him. And we got into this massive big civilization game. And I started a religion called Ruskiism. Which, you know, by normal re- religious standards, I guess, was a very violent religion. That was just like, <laughs> but I got a religious victory through that and it made me lots of money. And But it, it's that kind of thing where you can play the game in so many different ways and mm. finish it in so many different ways. And the civilizations have so many um, different perks that the replayability of the game is massive. The mm. maps are randomly generated. Uh, and it's a game that I constantly turn to. And I'm like, I don't really know what to play. I'm like, fucking, I'll start the game in Civilization. And I'm a, a devil for never finishing them. So the start of the game where you have your start position and when you're d- discovering the world mm-hmm. around you, because again, it's that fog of war. You don't see mm-hmm. the whole map. Um, that's so addictive to play, to be like, I've got to start a new game. and I'm, I want, Where I want, am I kind of Yeah, thing, I want to be the, the first person to discover the pyramids so I can build them on this desert that's near me. And every time you play it's you you there's a new reason to to start a game and, and play again so i i revisit civilization dozens so much. of maps on it as well it's never the same well game yeah twice. but they're all like they're all like because you can pick a style of map like in terms mm-hmm. of do you want to have a randomized map or do you want to have one that's continents or uh, just loads of small islands but no matter what when you pick that version is randomly generated with resources and everything mm-hmm. like that so it's never the same game but oh, I put in some serious time onto that game because it is, it's a big old strategy game, takes a lot of time, but it's, and it's, it, even it's in, in its design, how it looks, how it's animated, um, very just pleasing to the eye mm-hmm. and great news earlier on this year they announced that they're making Civilization 7. Definitely saw that. Don't know when it's going to be, but like I've got to, oh, sorry, that's what I was trying to say about Civ 6 because there's so many different civilizations. It's the only game where I've bought all possible DLC you can for that game. Yeah. So they oh, would have wow. released like, um, the Babylonians, the mm-hmm. Maori, they were all like DLC. You pay like th- three or four quid for them yeah. and you might get them and a couple extra wonders and stuff. But I have it 
I, I bought it all. Yeah, I bought yeah, everything. You own the world. I own, I own, I have I own all, all civilizations are mine. Yeah. And it, but it was that thing where I was like, I'm going to play these guys and these guys. And like I said, it's that exciting thing where it's like, oh, I kind of feel like playing through like more of a cultural game this time. And you look at the all the civilizations that have cultures, their strong points, like um, uh, Pericles from Greece was mm-hmm. all about culture and theater and so you can pick him and play through that kind of style of game where all his strengths are focused on building up your culture and getting that victory so there's so there's so much playability replayability in that game that and there's yeah. that one as well like i mean i remember playing it once there before Claire, myself and claire are playing at the moment that we're at the point where i think uh i'm trying to get a mission to mars now so we're, we're, we're nearly at the end of our oh for your science yeah, your yeah, science, yeah. So win, yeah. science win on that one but i remember playing it before that and like that i picked the you can choose like the a v- bigger version of the real world mm-hmm. and you start in like a cultural location where you're you're playing at yes and me not thinking figured i'll play as J- uh tokahita oh in japan japan yeah. and i started off and yeah i've got like four tiles to play on nice japan's it tiny. took me 89 <laughs> turns to get off the mainland japan yeah. to get the actual dress world and my warriors arrived upon the thing in, in the little boats and stuff to be met with i think it was churchill's tanks not like, exactly fair. I mean, right. historically quite accurate. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah it's like, and that's the case. Like, so I've got three or four groups. Samurai. Of, three or four. It wasn't even Samurai. It was Warriors. I hadn't, mm. like, it was just enough to get to, I think it gets to, like, uh, the navigation to and celestial thing and then just get up, get off the islands and stuff. And I'm out there. I was like, okay, well, uh, I'll just sail somewhere else instead then. <laughs> and then, like, that, I come across Cleopatra with her entire, like, fleet of planes and stuff. It's like, I'm way behind. Well, I've missed something here. Yeah. <laughs> and another very uh, satisfying thing, as you kind of unlock cultures and sciences in the game, it gives you, like, let's say I was researching like that, like uh, technology for flight. You'll get a little blurb or quotes of what people who historically would have been involved in the development mm. of flight. And it's read by none other than Sean Bean. Oh, oh so perfect. Cool. And he delivers it in such so a relaxing, it was such a relaxing way. I'm like, oh yeah, tell it to me again, Sean. Like, you know, it's, <laughs> I'll it's hit really repeat good. just to listen to that one more time. <laughs> so time-wise, we're kind of, we are kind of running on a little bit, but I'll just go through like, if you can pick just one other honorable mention you might have, if you do have, just to kind hmm. of, to, to finish this out. So Kev, I'll go into you again, an honorable mention of a, of a comfort game. Yeah, I suppose uh, Mario Kart. I'll, I'll jump into a game of Mario Kart at the drop of a hat. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just can't get enough of it. I, I think it's the perfect driving game ever because like it mixes, well, just great uh, scenery and like great uh, kind of maps and circuits you can do. And then like the battle aspect as well. I'm playing Mario Kart 8 Deluxe at the moment. Uh, so they've got like five battle aspects as well. Mm. It's just epic. Quick question for you mm-hmm. because they've announced that there's like what five new characters to come into it. Is there as well? Oh, yeah. So yeah. On, the other way they have the you can get like the Nintendo Pass and you get the extra yeah. maps. Apparently there's five new characters. Oh, who, who that you don't have in Mario Kart as a Nintendo mm-hmm. character would you like to see? Well, I think um, well to call back from someone I was previously talking about. I think the only one that you have access to now is Donkey Kong. So I don't think I don't think Diddy's there, or is he there? Am I losing my I mind? I don't think Diddy is there. Yeah, no. I wouldn't mind seeing him because that's who I play as yeah, in, Donkey in, in Donkey Country, Kong yeah. Country. I always pick Diddy. I just I just find him more fun. There you go. Uh, so yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing him and his, l- his little peak cap. Yeah, <laughs> a fine character. And an honorable mention for you. Oh, I'm gonna go to it's character flaw for me to go for broken games and stuff, but uh, Anthem. Ugh, I know, Ugh. I know, I know. I'm sorry. I have to <laughs> and it's funny because that's a game that I re- like. It's a game that I really wanted to work. You know, it, look, it was a good game, um, and I always go back to because I love the the flight aspect to it and the combat aspect to it. It's fantastic. Mm-hmm. The story tanked like nothing else. Yeah. And then did you ever play it or no? no. So it basically, you got to be your own version of Iron Man and just right. like 
brutalize a world full of creatures with this massive iron so you can completely customize it to your heart's content yeah, i always play as a big bruise like hulkbuster style armor and yeah. you just like everyone else had these you know force fields they could wear and stuff yours was so tanky that you literally had a giant iron shield that you just deployed in front of you so everyone else is flying around the place and i'm there trucking on the ground just, i'm just gonna shield bash things out of my way it's just such a fun game to play but it's not going anywhere it's a dead game now like they've oh, given well, man, up like on i it saw it i saw it on the playstation store for like i mean it's not an old it's not that old of a game and it is a triple a game i saw it on sale I, for like four euro i would I suggest like, oh, and i mean yeah. i'm probably going to get such grief for this but i would suggest picking up and playing it because it is for four euro i mean i know it's like oh support EA and it's, and it's ea isn't it it is yeah, ea and let's be fair they are horrible <laughs> for this kind of stuff but i mean like the story up until a certain point is fantastic um like fort tarsus which is the last stand of humanity kind of thing all mm-hmm. the other forces started to fall um and the whole idea is like the anthem is this noise that create that the gods left behind to create the world behind mm-hmm. them but it's been corrupted and it's all messed up now um so the world's kind of growing out of proportion and all the creatures are loose in the world it is a fantastic game to just play the graphics are incredible the flight is the best like iron man style flight yeah. i've ever played in any game before or since the combat is incredible and the customization for it is almost limitless. Just make sure you buy it on sale, guys. Just buy it. Yeah, yeah don't, <laughs> yeah, don't, don't, don't pay, pay, don't pay more than five or four. Four quid, like, uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, if it yeah. does come from that again, I think I'll finish out with uh, one just very quickly that I think if people haven't played it and you're on the Super Nintendo um, stuff on the Switch, mm-hmm. so it's it's you can play it as well. Uh, it's a game that I have been playing through from start to finish with uh, my mate Danny for, God, I've been doing it since about 2009, 2010, that at least once a year we'll play through that game. So uh, as it's more of a tradition than I would say a, a comfort game, but a fantastic game, Super Mario Brothers 3. Mm. Oh, brilliant. Great choice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think probably one of the tightest platforming games ever. There's, there's a lot of um, debate as to whether that's the superior game or Super Mario World is the superior game. I think on for meta scores wise, I think Super Mario World has it beat by a percentage or two. Yeah, bare minimum. Kind yeah, of yeah, yeah, very so. close. Fantastic games. But it, you know because it's there available on, I think it's the Super Mario All-Stars is, is on the Switch and you can mm-hmm. click into that and Super Mario Brothers uh, 3 is there. I recommend everybody to, to give that a shot because as from a platforming perspective it's 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 the grandfather of them do you know what I mean it's, yeah. it's, it's top tier so yeah I'd recommend that one and, and that's a game that I will at least once a year and have been doing for more than a decade I will go back and play through that game you know um, but listen I guess we'll, we'll we'll finish it up there so I mean like, listen I've got a couple on the list here I could talk about that we didn't touch <laughs> upon but we'll maybe another episode you know and we'll leave it there but before we go again if you've enjoyed this episode by all means, please tell your mates about it. Get them to listen to us. We'd love to have more people listen to us. It'd be great. Uh, leave a review on Spotify. Five stars if you're feeling generous. If you think we're shit, just don't say it. Just don't <laughs> don't tell anybody else. Yeah, that'd be that'd be fantastic. Um, and yeah, like I said, uh, if you if there's anything we, we got wrong today or if there's a way you want to get involved in the conversation, comfort games that you think we definitely missed out on, let us know at the gift of gaming podcast at gmail.com. And if you like the content and want more, we're going to do a quick post show after this and you can find them on patreon.com forward slash the gift of gaming and for the price of less than a coffee a month you get a couple extra shows every month kev thank you so much andrew thank you so much thanks for having me Uh, i'll see you guys in the post show shortly afterwards and to our listeners keep enjoying the gift that is gaming peace out Peace. peace